When I was a kid, I used to go to Kenzo's Magic Shop. Kenzo himself, he was a he was a clown and he was an awesome guy. He's since passed away. And his son Spencer now runs Illusions, it's a magic bar, at the same site that Kenzo's used to be. My dad used to buy me magic tricks from there. He bought me a Svengali deck, he bought me a stripper deck, and he bought me a book on how to perform magic with cards. And try as I might, over and over and over again, I tried using sleight of hand, I tried palming cards, I was awful at all of it. I really tried to perform magic, and I was just terrible at it. I have big, huge sausage fingers, and that's why I stopped performing magic and started shoving nails into my nose. A curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. Curioso Podcast. Hi, Joe. (sighs) What's going on there, buddy? Uh, Not much. But you? I just want to say that technically we are award winning filmmakers. We are? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen our movie, The Fist. Oh, The Fist. The Fist, 15 Fingers of Justice, <laughs> uh, which is on our YouTube page. Uh, you can check it out. The Fist is on there. I'll make sure that it's on the website mm. before the end of the night. But uh, we won some awards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, best costumes and best sound? Or was it It was music? Best, best music okay. and best costumes. That's what it was. Uh, yes. for, now, we didn't win, you know, the big, huge grand prize. and right. I mean, that's okay. And this was all for the 48-hour film project in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But we did win a few things, which yeah. makes me very happy. And, yeah, nice. and what makes me very happy are, are two things. First off, the, the music, that was all you. 100% you. Yeah. You pl- performed all that music that mm-hmm. was in there, as well as edited it and put it in there. Right. So that was right. totally all you. But the whole idea with the costumes, <laughs> yeah. there were six people that were on the set. We were all mm-hmm. cast and crew playing Iron Man. Back right, of, right. We were doing both. And uh, everyone helped out and everybody did all, you know, did as much as they could do. But what was really cool, you know, Dana brought things for costumes for mm-hmm. Jenny to wear on screen. Yep. You brought things for me to wear on screen. I bought things for DJ to wear on screen. Yeah. Uh, and, um, Lars just brought all of his own clothes. Yeah. So <laughs> Lars just wears that he stuff just normally. <laughs> so uh, playing his detective role, but right, right. But it was awesome. So we all we all had a role in that. Mm-hmm. And literally every single one of us had a role in some kind of costuming. Yeah. And uh, and I just thought that was really cool. It, and, ma- it made the world uh, real. Right. And I just thought that was awesome. And I just wanted to share that we uh, we won uh, two. Two best ofs yeah. for the 48-hour film project of Baltimore this year mm-hmm. in 2016. And it makes me feel good Yeah, and to if get you're, some recognition. And if you're in Baltimore on the 22nd and 23rd of this month. Right. Now, our movie our movie that, we're, that we made for the 29-day, 
Mm-hmm. Which is another film festival. Another thing. film festival that we entered. Sorry, Joe, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Go but ahead. but uh, ours is showing on the 22nd. That yes. is the Thursday night. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe it starts at 7 o'clock, and that is at the Creative Alliance. So yeah. if you want to see another film that uh, Joe and Dana and I made, mm-hmm. uh, you can check it out. It's called Middle of Nowhere. It is kind of spooky. Well, and it's kind of ambiguous with the name. Yeah. So. I like it. I yeah. like it. I've seen it. Yeah. Of course, I was also in it. Yeah, yeah. You were you know? there. So I did yeah. some stunt work for this one. That's true. You know? So, but uh, I'm really excited and uh, I really wish that you should, uh, I really wish that you would come out and see it and support us and that would be awesome. Yes, it would. Uh, I also want to say that uh, recently I've been getting a lot more people kind of writing in mm-hmm. with some suggestions for uh, for some different episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just that, but I've had people just contacting me, telling me uh, that they started listening to the episodes and now they want to try Applejack. That's and, kind of awesome. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, so I've, I've had we've had a lot of contact with people. So please Good. do not hesitate to write us. And let us know what you think. I need all of you guys out there that are listening. This is a call to action. This is what I need you to do. I need you to call into this phone number. 1-443-327-9673. On a touchtone phone that also spells hide a sword. Mm-hmm. Okay? I need you to call in for our 100th episode. <gasps> I want you to be a part of it. 100. 100. We're actually getting up to our 100th episode. Call in, and I want you to either tell us uh, something that you found out about on an episode of The Curioso and that you like, or you can also tell us anything weird that you've come across, anything curious that you've come across. So if you found a weird liquor or alcohol, please let us know about it. Tell us. Call us and tell us. Or if you've, uh, you want to tell us about a ghost story that happened to you, you want to tell us about your run-in with the Mothman, <laughs> you want to tell us about your run-in with Sasquatch, Yeah. you know, call in, let us know, and we will put you on the air for our 100th episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need a break, and we <laughs> want to just play all your stuff. Yeah. So give us a call. That's 443-327-9673, or hide a sword. All right, Joe. It's time to start with the episode. Deal me a hand. Oh, man. (laughs) Joe, we're here today to talk about playing cards. Playing cards. Mm -hmm. Not the act of playing with cards, but playing cards themselves. I think a little bit of both. both? Yeah. Yeah. So the only knowledge that I have of playing cards, or that I had of playing cards, came from Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. And rounders. <laughs> and rounders, right. No, I mean, playing cards have a gigantic, huge history. They do. They right? Do. I mean, yeah. they've been around for, I, I mean, centuries. Mm-hmm. Literally centuries. Yeah. So uh, I believe, as far as we can trace them back, we think that they came from China. Right. Which would make sense because the Chinese invented paper mm-hmm. and printing. And toilet paper, too, right? Well, pa- paper. <laughs> Yeah, part of toilet paper is the paper. And it seems they first appeared in China as early as the 9th century in the in the Tang dynasty, 618 to 907 AD. That was the first reference to card games. Mm-hmm. 
that we found in China's history. Right. And we started seeing other things, other cards showing up around the 1440s, and that's uh, when it started showing up around Europe. Right. Now, there are some people that say that it could have evolved or came from the Middle East first, but most scholars think because China was the first one to have have paper, then they're probably the originators that worked also trading with mm-hmm. the Middle East. So it may have just sort of happened uh, in the trade routes and then from the Middle East traded up to Europe. All right, Joe, so I'm going to break this out early. Okay. okay. Now, the original 52 deck of cards that, mm-hmm. we're, that we're used to with your spades, hearts, diamonds, and clubs, mm-hmm. that is tied in to the tarot. It is, yeah. Tarot cards came shortly after they were specifically designed to be trump cards, basically. Right. They were the, the trumpas, the trumpas. They were put into an extra deck or a standard deck to play even bigger, more elaborate games, kind of like Bridge, how Bridge has a bunch of rules mm-hmm. and regulations and things. So they were added in. They were to trump things like the king, the queen, the jacks. Right. So so it's the idea. So the the original game that was played with the tarot was, was originally in Italy mm-hmm. mo- most of the time. Right. Now, uh, when pe- people were playing with these decks of cards, so imagine you're... You're playing a game of, uh, say, Go Fish or something. Or uh, what, what is it? Crazy Eights where you throw it down and you have to uh, continually go on around, go on uh, with higher cards yeah, until you throw yeah. an eight and then it spins it all around. Right. So instead right. of having the eights be the like the wild card, mm-hmm. you would have your trump card or right. your trump card. Mm-hmm. And that would that would, you know, change the suit or whatever. Right. And right. that's originally what they were what they were for. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, I know we've been talking about the the ages do you know what the oldest deck of playing cards that still survives now? Mm, no, what? So these were sold in 1983, okay? And uh, they that were, is pretty old. Right. Uh, <laughs> they were sold for... I actually have an older deck of cards than 1983 somewhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, my old roommate had this old deck of cards and had these this great like like silver inlay on it and everything. Mm-hmm. And I still held on to them. And I put them in lockbox that I keep... Uh, uh, just for such special things. But there are plenty of people that collect different types of playing cards. Magicians oh, yeah, love to do that. There's as well. a museum in, I, I believe it's in, in Paris, that mm-hmm. has, oh God, hundreds of these cards that date back to like 1600s. It's pretty awesome. Right. So this deck of playing cards was bought by the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Uh, it was it was a 52 card deck of South Netherlandish playing cards, and the cards originally back in 1983 they said it dated back to the 15th century, mm-hmm. uh, and they were in incredible uh, condition. And they're kind of this oval shape; they're really cool. But the antiques dealer who sold the pack uh, in the 70s, uh, he said that you know they're a very unique uh, tarot deck from the 16th century. Hmm. But as it turns out. With the style of clothes and shoes that they wore, they've actually dated it back even further from somewhere between 1465 and 1480. Wow. Yeah, the shoes, hairstyles, and clothing worn by the kings and queens were going going out of style by 1480. Uh, so, it, you know, the there were also the watermarks were very common in at the time. 
uh, that, that were on it. So they think they're, yeah, they were even older than 1480, they're going back somewhere between then and 1465. Wow. You said they were from the Netherlands? Yeah, they were, they were from the Netherlands. That's kind of cool, because uh, for a long, long time, throughout the playing cards history, only the faces of the cards were printed and not the, the back. Like if you see a, a mm-hmm. pack of bicycle playing cards, right. you know the back has uh, two little dudes on a bicycle with a bunch of swirlies and right. inlays and stuff. So for a long time, it was just a blank. Just blank. Right. right. And you'd have the, the face cards. So in the Netherlands during the 18th century, somehow, some way, uh, it became synonymous with I don't want to abandoning small babies to churches, random people on the street. Mothers would take playing cards Mm -hmm. because they were super cheap in the 18th century. And they would either write sort of a, you know, woe is me, take my baby. He will die if, if you don't take care of him. And they would, sometimes they would cut the card in half and they would come back with the other half to claim their their child after the, the after crisis that, after is, that time, right? Or if it was a whole card, you're pretty much stuck with a baby and a playing card. Oh, so like with a uh, note. like the way like a, like a fifty fifty raffle is done now, <laughs> right? Right, exactly. But they'd write these you know pretty heart wrenching little notes on these cards and leave them in the, the baby basket, you know, to sort of here you go. And oh, a that's baby. crazy. Yeah. No, I, I, did, I didn't even find any of that in my research. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I found that was really cool, so uh, with the old deck of cards that we were talking about from the 1460s, yeah. uh, instead of using the normal suits as we know today, these suits were used uh, based on hunting gear. So this included uh, the, uh, a hunting horn, mm-hmm. a dog collar, hound tethers, and game nooses were your four different suits. I kind of like those better than the ace spade thing and other thing right and they've they've changed throughout time so <laughs> they have you you have your like like we were talking about how the tarot deck is very similar mm-hmm. a tarot deck t- typically uses uh four different suits as well you have you have your coins or pentacles right which okay. early on there were versions of that mm-hmm. in your regular i think it started in like the the, the french versions of the cards Mm -hmm. way back in like you know 1600 their first like printed cards that they started using had coins right because it was a it was a common thing it was like a a numerary you know you had three coins that was your three of whatever symbol you used exactly what i mean yeah so you have your your coins or pentacles uh you had your staff which typically we know today as a club, right. and then you also and not had... the thing you put on your steering wheel. No, 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 no. I mean, you could still you could put that on a deck of cards, I guess. I guess you know, so. the club. <laughs> uh, but you also had your swords, which also today is known as spades. Right, and that came from a, a staff, right? No, the 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 swords. Uh huh. A sword turned into a spade. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Your your staff. Which was a wooden stick, or you know, basically like a cudgel, right? Turned into your club, your whacking stick, and your whacking stick, right. a staff uh-huh. turned into the clubs. Uh-huh. You had your your pentacles, mm-hmm. which actually turned into diamonds. Pentacles turned into diamonds. Pentacles turned into diamonds. That's if you crush them long enough. I I guess so. I mean, they're also Time that and pressure angular shape. Diamond. 
I'm yeah. thinking my my idea is that they were you know uh, using that geometry kind of thing. You know? Ah, yeah. So yeah. so that's why they a pentacle turned into a diamond. They were also typically like coins. They look like coins with pentacles on them a lot of the time, like gold right. coins with pentacles right. on them, uh, which is why sometimes they were also called coins. And then the last one was a cup, and your cups eventually turned into hearts. Huh. Okay. Right. So I guess it's kind of like filling your heart, filling your cup, that sort of thing. Mm. There's also a lot of people that take the four different suits and use the idea, the ancient Greece idea of the your four elements, your fire, your earth, your air, and your water. Right. Typically your fire being like your sword, something that can cut, something that can hurt. Your earth being like your staff, like your wooden cudgel or your your club coming from the earth. Your water being your cup, eventually becoming your heart, and then air, your pentacle or your your diamond. I guess kind of like Lucy in the sky with diamonds, right? That kind of thing. (laughs) Sure. Possibly. Here we go. It's kind of similar to some German decks that I've seen. Some of the cards they've had Mm -hmm. over the eons. They used acorns, hawk bells, hearts, and leaves. On some of their cards. Oh, that would be kind of cool. But I mean, to they're, have, they're to very... have leaves like um, I'm thinking like Super Mario Brothers three. Okay. You know what I mean? Just like <laughs> little <laughs> leaves <laughs> in there. <laughs> but they're they're very uh, they, they love uh, nature. You know, they're very proud of of the, the the German countryside. So using things they see every day, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Right. And uh, another influence could be the four feudal cases or classes. The military being swords, the clergy being your pentacle, mm-hmm. the merchants or trade being your your uh, your cups, and the peasant class being the wands or the staffs or the clubs. And I found that in some of the early decks uh, that were brought into fashion in Europe, Italy, Spain, Germany... Uh, they didn't have any queens. Really? No. It was, uh, well, they're patriarchal. So you'd have two marshals and one king. Okay. So it would be like two jacks. Kind basically. of, yeah. They'd have one jack and then a higher jack? Well, uh, uh, jack, jack. A lord marshal is, is the, the right hand man, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you mean like the hand of the king? Yes. The common red and black suit scheme that we see today was actually invented in France. And it was a simpler way to, to read the cards, mm-hmm. you know, to have just two colors. Whereas you go back a few years and you had the introduction to the, the trump cards, the tarot cards, being thrown into the mix for the royals, the royalty, to play these big elaborate card games. Uh, in France, they, they simplified it and made it two major colors for for the cards. So mm-hmm. your red and your black. It, was, it made it easier to read, and it made it more uniform. Right. And that pretty much became the basis for the modern Anglo-American card deck that we know of. Initially, playing cards were all made by hand, and they were super, super expensive. Some of the uh, earliest elaborate cards were even painted by hand these little tiny cards hand painted elaborate images uh even back to uh some of the the 
first tarot cards. They were all like unique. Every single one of them was unique. Right. And sometimes they would they would take uh, several sheets of paper and glue them together, mm-hmm. making something called a pasteboard. Kind of like uh, early cardstock. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Ah, that's so your so you know your cards would hold up a little bit longer, mm-hmm. so that you could actually play with them for several you know months or years before you know they started to wear out. Right. So you had to discard permanently by early 1300s games were starting to be forbidden in some parts of the the world because along with the cards came gambling one of the oldest pastimes i think uh besides prostitution mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of clergy and heads of parliament uh started to actually say you can't do that or There'll be a fine or serious injury or something. And they started to tax these cards. Mm-hmm. And even got to, oh, something like by 1628, around there, it cost six pence for a single pack of playing cards. It was about 25 bucks today. That's nuts. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So one of the ways that they would actually tax the cards... And you'll, you'll notice this today is that the Ace of Spades specifically. Ace of Spades! Ace of Spades! So like I was saying, the Ace of Spades specifically uh-huh. is, you'll, you'll notice, is very blank as compared to a lot of the other cards. Right. Okay? It has, uh, you know, a single very large spade in the center of it, but around it there's a lot of extra space. Mm-hmm. It makes it one of the most... To me, one of the most recognizable cards, and I think to everybody, I yeah, mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the reasons for this was uh, because they needed space to put the stamp of the tax on it to show that you've actually paid it by, you know, a tax professional, someone who is taxing, you know, the 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 different things that you that you buy. So if you were to buy the playing cards. You would have to pay your tax on them. The tax man would stamp it mm-hmm. to approve those cards. And if you right. were caught with some cards that didn't have that tax on it, uh, then you would be thrown in the pokey. Yeah. Or in 1805, one man was actually hung for forging. For forging playing cards? For oh forging my God. spade. For forging ace of spades. That's awful. Yeah. Yeah. So the rest of the playing cards, they didn't tax. They just taxed the Ace of Spades. Because it it finished the deck. It finished the deck off, right. right. And a lot of people consider, well, a lot of people, it is considered without the, the, you know, because you have the two different kinds, the major arcana and the minor arcana, right? Or Mm -hmm. the, you have all your trump cards, okay? And then you have your lesser cards, which are the, you know, the the two through ace. Your your numbers. Suits, your number cards. It is the highest ranking one of those when right. playing most games. True. Yeah. So it, so that being, you know, with the extra space around it, mm-hmm. that is the specific ones that they tax. Gotcha. I, let me mention this too because I know that we're going to get around to it, but the talking about playing cards, there is so much to discuss. And I know we say this in a lot of different episodes, <laughs> but there's so much to discuss. There are things that we're going to miss. So please, oh, yes. you know, if you want to call in and let us know things that we missed uh, on the number that I had mentioned earlier, or you want to, you know, shoot us an email, we'll mention it on the next episode. And hopefully maybe we can also do, uh, you know, maybe we'll do playing cards too, where we talk a little bit more about tarot, Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, or something like that. Because there's there's more to talk about that we're gonna, definitely going to 
probably skip over in our research, yeah. you know? So the well is really, really deep in the history and even in just the cards themselves. You got Chinese playing cards, French playing cards, German, Italian, Spanish, Swiss, you name it. They probably have their own deck and their own specific history and lineage for how those cards came to be. Since we were talking about the tarot earlier, I wanted to mention that uh, a lot of people don't actually use the tarot to play games with anymore. Right. Uh, in fact, I would say that a lot of people use the tarot deck, which is the your normal 52 cards, plus your 22 uh, major arcana cards, your 22 trump cards, or it's actually 21 trump cards, mm -hmm. plus you have the fool, or sometimes known as the excuse right <laughs> sure so uh so here and of course the the fool uh morphed eventually into what we know as the joker right right which so, in some early early games uh they were actually used as as a trump card themselves so i wanted to mention the etiele he uh it's the pseudonym for john baptiste atiel yeah, he basically took his last name and reversed it when he uh, came up with this brilliant idea. Right. So yeah. he was a French occultist mm -hmm. uh, that he popularized tarot divination. Right. And this is how we pretty much now, you know, during the, it was during like uh, the... 1790, Yeah, 1700s or so yeah. that he, he started... Uh, writing ways of divining the tarot or basically telling your future. Right. So he took the, the tarot trump deck and was like, instead of using these to play silly games, I can use these to garner a few shekels from the locals. Right. I mean, or, or maybe he actually believed that they had a, uh, a real power, but, uh, he did become the prominent tarot diviner of the his day. tarot reader. Right. Right. So now here's the thing is that if you've been listening to all these episodes, you pretty much know that Joe and I are skeptics and mm -hmm. we don't typically believe in things like divination. Uh, we obviously did a Ouija board episode right. where we messed around with the Ouija, even though people told us, don't mess around with a Ouija. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're not making fun of it. I mean, no, no, no. I, you know, I think it comes from a healthy side of skepticism. That's, I'm not going to say this way is right, or that way is right. I stand right in the middle and say, okay, show me proof. Right. Give me facts, figures. Can I measure it in a glass? And go from there. Yeah. And this is called cartomancy or cart cartonomy. Cartonomy? Cartomancy. Cartomancy. C-A-R-T-O-M-A-N-C-Y. Cartomancy. Okay. Cartomancy. So it's, it's different than like phrenology. Yeah. It's, you throw in the mancy and it makes me think of necro. You throw in your mancy. And I'll throw in my necro and we'll have <laughs> necromancy. But it, so it's basically the idea of taking the cards, you splay them out in a very specific way and a lot of the time they you know you have someone touch the cards or they they shuffle through the deck or whatever it is and then you lay them out and you tell their future but really what it is 
it's a way of cold reading someone. Right. Uh, as far as I can tell. Right. Now, and Attila, or Attilia, or Atelier. Yeah. He basically, he took these simple trump card from the, the 21 trump cards that were used as an addition to your regular 52, mm-hmm. and he assigned them their own specific, like, you know, backstory. Their own, yeah, their own <laughs> divination, know? their own, like, meaning. But right, right, but he, he gave them meaning if they were turned left or if they were turned right, or if they were turned upside down, it was like the the opposite of when it was turned right side up. Like right. he basically thought this whole thing out and came up with his own game, basically. Yeah. If you think about it, a process, a game where you you set them down in certain orders, and you'd sort of watch people's reactions when you would sit down certain cards, and you can sort of fill in these generalized blank statements based on something like a cold reading, yeah, right? Based on what you what you find. Now, right. the thing is is that if you take a look at the 21 major arcana, you're you're looking at things like uh the the hierophant, the what is it, the it's wheel, like a hippogriff? Uh something like that. <laughs> okay. you're, you're the the priest, the priestess, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the devil. Mm-hmm. So each one of these has a very specific look to it. Right. So, you know, obviously if you're throwing something like death or the devil uh, uh, death or the devil card down, mm-hmm. which if you like horror movies, you've probably seen them in some, you know. Yeah, but if you if you ever read like the little insert that comes in a tarot box, right, like know, the Raider Waite yeah, tarot, it's, it's like got the, like seven different things that card can mean yeah. just facing up. Yeah. It could mean seven different things facing down or seven different things facing right. Like yeah. It, it's so generalized, like, but the whole thing with, with the tarot cards was they were so visual. Right. It was basically this small little picture that depicted anything you wanted to, you know, to depict, but they were very visual. So you get strong reactions from people when you place them down. Exactly. Yeah. So, so for instance, if you're throwing death down, you know, mm-hmm. someone f- freaks out about it, you say, well, no, it's... It's sideways, or it's upside right, down, right. so it actually means that there could be a death, but you could avert it, or whatever, you know right, what I mean? There's right, so many exactly. different ways to, to change it. And then death says, best two out of three. Right. So, Joe, did you know that there's also, that uh, there's some people that have also attributed different playing cards to different people from history, different great people from history? Really? Yeah. So, a lot of people you know, have attributed these going through time. So the king of spades would typically be David, as in David and Goliath. Okay, yeah, yeah. Your king of hearts was Charles, possibly Charlemagne. Charlemagne. Charlemagne? My Charlemagne. That one? That one. Okay. The king of diamonds was thought of as Julius Caesar. Hmm. The King of Clubs, thought of as Alexander the Great. The Queen of Spades, Pelias. The Queen of Hearts, Judith. The Queen of Diamonds, Rachel, either the historical or the biblical. Hmm. Uh, It's also a corruption of the Celtic Regnal relating to Lancelot. The Queen of Clubs is Argene, the wife of Polybius and the mother of Argus. The knave, or the jack of spades, was Ogar the Dante. 
Hmm. He was a knight of Charlemagne. Okay. The knave or jack of hearts was Lahiri. He's the, he was the commander in arms to Joan of Arc huh. and a member of Charles VII's court. The knave or jack of diamonds was Hector. Hector. And the jack of clubs was thought of as Lancelot. Huh. Yeah. So <clears throat> throughout time, you know, people have attributed these to these great characters and throughout cor- history. Correlated them to. Right. That's neat. Now, the face cards, your king, queen, and jack are typically referred to as the court. Right. The royal court. The royal court. Uh, the the king of hearts, strangely enough, he's the only king without a mustache and is the only king with the sword going through his head. Huh. Right. So if you're looking at the deck of cards, the sword is actually through his head, uh, typically known it, as the suicide king. Oh, yes, yes. Is it actually through his head or is it behind his it's head? It's behind his head. Because I, mean, I had a picture in high school where they had the laser lights behind us. Right. You know? And you didn't actually have lasers. No, I didn't have lasers going through one ear and out the other. Well, but I in mean, that picture, it sure as heck looks like I got a laser like through the ear. Right. Yeah, kind of like uh, uh, Steve Martin with the arrow. Is exactly. that what you're talking about? Yes, exactly like that. Now, uh, uh, in a lot of the, in with the different suits and everything, there's there's things that correlate to time as we know it. Okay. Which is kind of strange. So you have 52 cards in a deck. Right. This represents 52 weeks in a year. Mm-hmm. You have your four different suits. Mm-hmm. Four different seasons. Four different seasons. 13 cards in each suit, representing the 13 weeks in each season. Mm-hmm. You have 12 royals, representing the 12 months. Mm-hmm. Your court of, right. of, of your different suits. Mm-hmm. You have two red and two black suits representing the four different solstices. Okay. Right? Sure. So there's, I mean, there's just... There, there is a lot of numerology built in. Yeah, built into it it's just yeah, kind of to like, begin with. But I don't know if it's it was on purpose. Right. Or it's an afterthought. You know, it's, I don't know, but it's really strange that it all correlates, right? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, because it's not like, you know, I, I mean... Well, did the it, 52, that's, that's your standard, and you added the two jokers, and the whole numerology thing goes out the window. Yeah, but <laughs> they weren't a part of the original deck like ah, we had talked about. But they were, they were. They were used as your wild card, your trump card. This is before the advent well, obviously, of the tarot. They were thought of as leap year. Oh, sure. Right? Okay. Well, it's funny. Along the same lines, there is a lot of mystery and unknowns when it comes to some of these symbols and values and suits. And they're sort of attributed to people like the Masons. Right. Or even the Knights Templar, because they date back that far. So later on, instead of just painting the cards, eventually when the Renaissance came about and we started using woodcuts... Uh, they were much easier to make playing cards, but these were typically thought of as a little bit cheaper because they wouldn't last as long. But uh, they were much, much easier to produce because once you have a woodcut, you can just put it right down, you know, very much like a, a rubber stamp is used today. On the Freemason angle, some people think that images like the Jack of Hearts that seems to hold a sprig of acacia which can be 
part of Masonic rituals. Also, the queen sometimes holds roses, again, part of Masonic rituals. And just the basic links to the possibility that playing cards came through Egypt or possibly even from Egypt via China suggests that part of the Masonic history or belief is that they got a lot of their beliefs from Egypt. But again, all these things are sort of hearsay or there's no actual proven facts to suggest that there are solid links between the Masons and playing cards. Not to say there's not. (laughs) There's another writer besides Etienne that I wanted to talk about. His name was Antoine Court, or he named himself Antoinette Court de Geblin. He was a former Protestant pastor, and he was also a known Mason as well. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, he was thought of as a uh, a repository for timeless esoteric wisdom. And he used the tarot, and he wrote an essay all about the tarot. He thought that uh, it held the secrets of the Egyptians. Court de Geblin, Geblin developed. Uh, a reconstruction of the tarot history without producing any historical evidence. And really, this guy is probably one of the forebearers of, of, of the divination movement of right. why we had why we have divination as well. So, so uh follow, followed Attel, then this guy took it up. And, oh, you were talking about Crowley? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and also uh, Crowley picked it up and and, uh, and the and weight yeah, was I, also a mason as right, well. Right. I mean, so, Crowley had a had a, a tarot deck designed and hand painted, and it took like five years to paint Crowley's deck of of the, the first print. You know what I mean? Of, Before of his, he went to yeah. go and, and manufacture them. Yeah. Five years just to paint the the twenty one suits or the 21 major arcana right uh geblin also he's responsible for the mystical connection that a lot of people think that the tarot's 21 trumps and the fool have with the 22 letters of the hebrew alphabet right he put the connection with that to try to give it even more mysticism right yeah oh joe uh you were talking about etiella yeah etiella 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 the 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 occultist right uh Actually, it was two years after Antoine Court, or Antoine Court de Gablin, uh-huh. as he likes to call himself. It was actually two years after he was writing essays that uh, Etienne published a technique for reading the tarot and the practice of, you know, of reading tarot was born. But it wasn't until two years after Gablin was doing his work. Okay, so the one guy started it, and then, and then until sort of like... Etienne, the occultist, took it up after, the fortune teller. Right, and then he sort of found the minutiae and how to actually work it out on table. And, right. Okay, gotcha. So he was, he was the one to... to Take up know, the mantle. More popularize it. Yeah, that's Absolutely. It. Okay. So most cards today aren't made of wood or papyrus or simple paper. They're made of commercial-grade polyvinyl chloride or PVC paper. After World War II, paper cards were given a plastic coating to extend their life. Cards are printed on unique sheets that undergo a varnishing procedure in order to enhance the brightness and glow of the colors printed on the cards, increasing their durability. Most stuff today, I mean, it's gonna last you. 
mm-hmm. uh, unless you rip them in half like you do. Well, uh, you're right. And I don't care if you coat them in plastic or PVC or not, Joe. <laughs> I will rip your deck of cards in half. It does not matter to me. <laughs> nice. Can, can I, I? Let me just say that between ripping decks of cards in half and ripping phone books in half, ripping decks of cards are so much harder. They are so. I tried once. You tried to. to I tried do a, once. A deck of After cards. watching you do it, I'm like, how the hell? And I tried it <laughs> once, and they just like boop, and it was like my own my own personal game of fifty two pickup. And they all go flying. Yeah. Right. No, I uh, learning to do that was. It took me probably a good year before I could actually rip a deck of cards in half. Mm. I mean, it took like a really long time. Right. So ripping a phone book in half, I would say, took me maybe like three months of training. You just turn it sideways and rip it down the spine. Oh, well, yeah. It's in half. Yeah, right. <laughs> Joe, I want to talk a little bit about the Svengali deck. Okay. Do you know what that is? I know what a Svengali case is. Right. I know well, what a Svengali is. A, what is this Svengali deck? Well, a Svengali deck is actually a type of uh, a magic deck. And you would probably see these like in the back of like a, you know, like a, in the back of like a comic book or something like that. Along gotcha. with like the x-ray glasses or whatever. Yeah. Like perform magic card tricks, you know. Because mm. a Svengali deck, what they are, are the, you have one half of the card deck is all normal. Okay. Okay. The other half of the card deck uh-huh. Is, is like nudie ladies? No, it. Well, those are kind of nice too. But no, these are actually shaved, so they're shorter. Okay, ah. and they're all the exact same suit. Okay, ah. so if you're doing the card trick, for, ah. doing a card trick for someone, you can't let someone see the deck, right? Uh, because of the the way that it is. But you can perform, you know, lots of different maneuvers with them. Mm-hmm. You know, producing the same card over and over and over again several times right. without any right. problem and being able to pull it out because they are much shorter. Right. Uh, the term Svengali is derived from a person who manipulates or exerts excessive control over another. Right. Uh, It's from a 19th century novel about a magician. So, uh, you know, it's really kind of lost to history as to why it changed. You know, we started calling it a Svengali deck, but we do know that, you know, it comes from, you know, the the Svengali novel. Okay. So we don't know who invented the actual hand prop. Right, but it's just shorthand for magic deck. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. So, and also because, you know, Svengali was the fictitious magician, mm-hmm. uh, you also sometimes call cases a Svengali. And I, right. I will call some of my cases that I have a Svengali as well. Because you can put a ton of stuff into it, and you're like, how the heck do you get all how this stuff How do I fit in it all in it's there? It's magic. Yeah. You, I, I, I don't know. You always shove it back in when I'm done. Yeah, I just throw it in there. You always just throw all my stuff in there. So there's also uh, different types of decks called stripper decks as well. I've seen those. With the nudie ladies on it, right? <laughs> now, nudie ladies. A, a stripper deck is actually where it's uh, it's basically shaved on the side of the deck. Mm-hmm. So one side of the deck is a little bit shorter. Right. So if you take a card, you flip it upside down, uh, you can easily pull a card that you have upside down out of it. Right, so it's the take a card, any card, and it just happens to be that card. Right, exactly. Right. So so I don't, I mean, you know, normally you have to pay money to learn all these. Right, well, know, and there's also there's also simple counting card tricks where yeah. you, can, you can, it's like a math problem. Mm-hmm. So you know that if you count out this many cards and then that many cards and you do it with a, a, a word problem at the same time. Right. 
you're going to end up with one specific answer. It's a math problem. Right. And if you don't know a card trick, uh, there are plenty of places that you can look one up online mm -hmm. and learn. Everyone, everyone should know at least one card trick. Right. It's like having one good joke in your pocket. Everybody <laughs> should know one card trick at, at the very, very least. You think so? Yeah, everybody should. Just as like an icebreaker. Just as like an icebreaker. Somebody when should know When do I have to trick. break ice with cards? You know, but I mean, I you know, I'm just saying you might meet somebody who you have to do a card trick for. All right, Joe. So have you ever heard of the dead man's hand? It's a mummified hand they found in a temple high in the mountains of Tibet. Sure. There's that one. And then there's also <laughs> aces and eights. Okay. No. What? Okay. So Wild Bill Hickok, he is a... Uh, he's a low-down, low-down, rootin' tootin' son of a bitch. He's, he's a character from uh, America's Wild West. Yes. Okay? Uh, I mean, he has a big, long story, but but let's skip right to the very end of it. Okay. Uh, he did a lot of gambling in his time, mm -hmm. uh, and he crossed a lot of people, crossed a lot of people's paths. The wrong way. The wrong way. Yeah. Uh, so, at the very end of his life, uh, he was met up by one of these said people named Jack McCall. Well, Jack McCall was, uh, while Bill Hickok was sitting at a poker table mm -hmm. playing poker with some of the other people. Now, he noticed when he came into the room, his preferred seat, which was his back to the wall, mm -hmm. was actually taken. But since he was such a, you know, a, a card player. Adept. Uh, he, well, he was adept, but he was also, uh, I believe, addicted is the mm, word, to mm -hmm. gambling, that he decided to sit in the seat where his back was actually facing the door. So okay. Jack McCall came up behind him with a double-barreled shotgun hidden underneath of his duster, his sweet, sweet duster, shot him in the back of the head and yelled, take that. Really? Yeah, it was the night before while Bill Hickok actually took a lot of money from him. Oh, uh, in another game. Uh, but he had said that Hickok had actually killed one of his family members years before, and he was getting back from him, getting back to him from that. Mm -hmm. But, it, you know, they found out that that wasn't actually true, and they, they, they found a jury found out that, found that that wasn't actually mm -hmm. the reason why, and right. they, they wound up hanging him. Uh, wow. But it is said that the cards that he had in his hand, mm -hmm. and this was from a book written 50 years later, so we're not 100% sure, <laughs> right. uh, but that was aces and eights, with the fifth card never being known. We don't know what the fifth card actually was or whether he was in the process of drawing a fifth card at the time that he was shot in the back of the head. Hmm. Uh, but to this day, aces and eights, uh, both being black, are known as the dead man's hand interesting see here's i i know nothing about the game of poker i went to one poker game in my entire life that actually like people were actually playing and freaking out about mm -hmm. uh, lots of sweating and cussing when they lost of course everybody at the table was sort of like mums the word poker face you know like the gaga song mm -hmm. and uh Your p -p -p poker face yeah it was <laughs> yeah it was intense and I went in with a sort of like jovial, oh, it's a card game. I'll throw a card in the thing and then throw stuff in and ask a bunch of questions. And uh, I didn't see what the big deal was. Mm -hmm. But the people that were there, 
It was serious business. Yeah, man. And, and well, you know, I don't know. Like, and they were playing for pennies. Right. But I mean, all of the, <laughs> the things, you know, the straight flush, royal flush, bathroom flush, all those, you know, dead man's hand and, and your left right hand or whatever they are, like all those things over my head. Well, do you want to, uh, you want me to give you some extra names for some of the, the cards that are out there? Extra since, names? Yeah. So since we were talking about the, the you know, the dead man's hand being mm-hmm. aces and eights all black, uh, you have other things called, kings are right. sometimes known as cowboys. Cowboys? Right. Is this played in, in, in Texas? Well, you know, K, cowboy, king, you know what I mean? It all just kind of goes along. Uh, cowboy so, starts with a C. Yeah, yeah, not not in not, not in, in cards. Not in cards. <laughs> okay. Uh, you also have the one-eyed king being the king of diamonds. Oh, uh, said okay, so good. because he has one eye. Yes, I thought you were talking so, about something else. Uh, well, you you could call that the one-eyed king if you like. <laughs> well, the, there are a few cards that are shown in profile. Yes. So there's uh, two jacks mm-hmm. that are in profile as well as. One king, the king of diamonds, that's in profile. Right. He's known as the one-eyed king. He's also sometimes known as the man with the axe, because the the king of diamonds is the only the only card that has an axe. Really? Yeah. The other three kings all have swords. Huh. Strange, isn't it? Yeah. Queens, also sometimes known as cowgirls, sometimes dames or ladies. You crazy dames. Jacks are sometimes known as boys. Or fish hooks, or hooks, or jaybirds, or jayboys, jackals, or jacksons, or jacksonvilles, or jakes, or johns, or johnnies, or johnsons. <laughs> wow. Sometimes also known as knaves, or the valet. Wow, they're jacks of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of like uh, clubs are sometimes known as puppyfoots. Puppyfoots. Because that's just too daggone cute. But I don't know many three-toed puppies. Well, it doesn't matter. They look like, like a puppy foot. Like a puppy paw. Puppy paw. Right. Also known as clovers, obviously. Yeah, yeah. The joker is sometimes known as the wild card, the fool, the fly, the bird, or sometimes they call it the old maid or the trump card. Hmm. Uh, being one of the only trump cards from the from your tarot that wind up kind of making it over to your, right. your right. actual playing cards. Mm-hmm. So the one-eyed royals are the Jack of Hearts, the King of Diamonds, and the Jack of Spades. So two being red and one being black. They're also referred to sometimes, you know, the two Jacks are also referred to sometimes as the Jack of Hearts. Or, I'm sorry, One-Eyed Jacks. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, we all know One-Eyed Jacks from, uh, what was the... Goonies? Is it? No, it's one eye Willie. That's one eye Willie. (laughs) No, One-Eyed Jacks is the bar from, uh, from Twin Peaks. Oh, yes, it is, yeah. Right? It's One-Eyed Jacks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit also about a few comic book villains that are sometimes also, uh, that are known by their playing card names. And also one that pops in my head, comic book hero. Go ahead. Gambit. Oh, right. Yeah, for throwing cards. Yeah. I making was, them explode. I was one of one of them splody decks of cards. <laughs> you could probably buy one of those at your no, local I, magic shop. I did. Yeah, they're all made of flash paper. Right. No, I did a long, long time ago. I had a, it wasn't a throwing star. Mm-hmm. It was a throwing card. Right. It was a rectangular. They're made out of metal. Right. And it, it was a playing card. Yeah. But it was sharp on all sides and you could throw the darn thing. And sticking to the awesome. sticking to the wall, mm-hmm. 
Yep. So I wanted to talk about the Royal Flush Gang. Okay. Have you ever heard of those guys before? No. No, they're DC villains. Okay. And they're basically a gang of villains. And I've seen there's there's been several several different uh, alterations of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, they're you know they're your normal flush ace king uh, queen jack and ten. Okay. Uh, so your ace being this big burly guy. Most of the time he's like an android. The muscle. He'll, he'll be the right. muscle and your king is this smart one and your queen. Uh, she usually has some sort of a scepter that performs illusions, mm-hmm. you know, and it just keeps on going down from there. Right, so right, right. The every, you know, everybody has like these different super suits and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So, but there's been lots ah, of different super suits. super suits. There's been lots of different iterations throughout, throughout, you know, history where they've, they've changed suits from hearts to spades and things right, like that. Right, so, yeah. but the Royal Flush Gang is, is pretty cool. One of my favorite, I, I think it was like Batman, the Brave and the Bold. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he fought them on, on one of the, one of the cartoons I watched nice. with Sammy one time. Nice. They were always pretty cool. So, yeah. uh, then of course you have, uh, Jack of Hearts who he's a Marvel He's actually a hero, a Marvel okay. hero, and he got struck with some kind of stuff that was like called zero fluid, and he decided to he was a he was a gambler, so he decided to bring up the Jack of Hearts uh, uh-huh. persona, and he created an outfit for it. Now, of course, his one <laughs> eye, <you> do. <laughs> his one eye was covered with a heart over his eye, and it shot some sort of laser beam out of that, like cable. Right, he shot yeah. like a laser beam out of that one eye. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as well, some of the oh, the Royal Flush Gang. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, the Jack would have his eyes removed, and they would put like laser beams in his eye of course. as well. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So sometimes forcefully, sometimes not, depending on you know the, <laughs> the day. Yeah, I couldn't stop there because obviously we have one more uh, comic book character that we all know very well, based on a card. Mm-hmm. Being one of Batman's uh, greatest most, villains. Yeah, greatest villains. Of course, we have the Joker. Yeah. Uh, you know, being the the fool, the Joker. Of course, whenever he fights, uh, but usually before he actually winds up meeting up with Batman, like year one kind of stuff, he winds mm. up always dropping his card as, yeah, as basically yeah. as a business it's card. a calling card. Yeah, of yeah. the Joker downs. Do you have a favorite... Uh, card movie? Hmm. Uh, a, 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 Where, like, it's central. It's central to the plot. I mean, you could say Alice in Wonderland, but the the whole card aspect is sort of secondary. Right. You know? Uh, it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. Uh, but it's a secondary part of the film. I brought up Rounders. Right. Have you seen that? I have seen that. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. Cards prominent part of the plot right maverick have you seen maverick no what's maverick uh, you've ever seen maverick i don't think so it's mel gibson back when he was good <laughs> before he was crazy so when he was mad max is what you're saying uh this is later oh later. okay uh and it's funny because it's mel gibson james garner and jodie foster and it's a remake okay the original maverick it was james garner playing the the main character the brett maverick or whatever his name is okay and it is it's good it's really really good and it's i mean it's a kind of whodunit you know half western half comedy but cards and gambling is a huge part of the plot right and it's like a 1994 movie so 
You can probably find it on the Netflix or something. Mm-hmm. And it's it's good. It's really good. I'll give it a try. Casino Royale, of course. I mean, it is a Bond film, both the original and the remake with uh, Daniel Craig. Both are great. And cards are a... What about the one with Woody Allen? Was that was that that was like the, the five card stud or what, no no what there was, was a, the, he did a version of Casino Royale oh god yeah really yeah I would never watch it. it's Woody Allen well I wanted to mention uh, one of my favorite books back in the day have you ever you uh, have you ever heard of the Myth series no no okay so it was uh, it was a book by Robert Asper and he's since passed but mm. apparently uh, Jody Lynn Nye who also co-wrote a lot of the books with him mm-hmm. uh the the it's a myth it's like a myth and magic kind of series like right? a choose your own adventure or? no 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 like uh like you know like a like a sword and sorcery kind of thing oh, okay. but it's yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. more funny like a little bit more in the vein of like uh what it like the Piers anthony kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah so it's a little bit more like that i love all of the myth books in mm. one of them uh, Skeev, the, the main character, starts playing something called dragon poker. Okay. And it's absolutely bizarre. So he starts playing with, uh, with devils, uh, or as we know them, devils. Oh, of course. Right? Uh, because he is at the bazaar on Deva. They're all dimensional travelers, which mm-hmm. makes them demons. Right. So demons can be lots of different things mm-hmm. because they're dimensional travelers. That's what a demon is. But he starts playing uh, cards with a few of the few of the guys. He doesn't know anything about how to play, but uh, it, it's basically like one of those things. Like if your chair is facing east, then it totally changes the cards. And right. so he just plays, and then he you know he lets them all fight amongst themselves, mm-hmm. and then they find out he's the winner at the end. So oh. then he gets himself wrapped up playing like the grand champion you know the grand champion like poker player wow like totally by accident right but uh, you know it's just like silly mm-hmm. i love it that's one of my favorite books and uh yeah check out the uh the myth series by robert Asprin. i really really like it i've always wanted to play dragon poker <laughs> nice <laughs> well i don't know i think i'm just gonna go uh i'm just gonna go home and play some solitaire on my computer are you gonna play some strip solitaire uh if they had that <laughs> on my computer all right joe well that's the last of my hand hopefully i played it well i'm gonna go put on my poker face (laughs) poker face have you ever heard the christopher walken version of that oh god no it's awesome i'm absolutely sure it is you poke poke poker face if if it's anything like ooh, 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 if it's anything like him reading the raven that I had that one yeah. time, then I am absolutely sure it's it's amazing. Yes. The Ace of Spades. The, the Ace, Ace of Spades. Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can email us feedback at thecurioso.com. You can Facebook us, facebook.com backslash thecurioso podcast. Check out our merchandise on Zazzle.com backslash Curioso Podcast. You can also check out our videos, YouTube.com backslash Curioso Podcast. On the left-hand side of the Curioso.com, you can help support the show by clicking on our donate link. And if you're a real Curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners and it'll make you feel good about yourself.
Oh, well, I just want to say that technically we are award will. <laughs> I just want to say that technically we are award will. Uh, boop.